Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the 39th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, Chicago Bears select DB from Washington, Kyler Gordon. I would say I'm definitely going to bring a lot of energy. I want you to know that uh, when I come to Soldier Field and I'm there, you know, I just want it to be live and popping, and I want to I want to interact with y'all. I want to get turned. Bear down. Bear down. With the 48th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Jaquan Brisker, defensive back, Penn State. You know, I was looking through our scout stuff, and, and one of the guys used the term Super Bowl over accolade type. Um, so he's all about team. He wants to win, and he wants to be on a championship caliber team, which, again, that's what we're doing. The Chicago Bears back on the clock and ready to select. With the 71st pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Valus Jones, wide receiver, Tennessee. When the ball touches my hands from a, a over route, a curl route, a now route, like I'm going to make something happen. And now it's time for the Score 2022 NFL Draft Special, starring Mike Mulligan, Bears legend Olin Krutz, former NFL player Anthony Heron, and live from Hallis Hall, Bears reporter Mark Grody. Here on Chicago's home for Bears fans, Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Yes, indeed, it's the draft show, and we do have the great Olin Krutz, the perennial Pro Bowl player, Anthony Heron, local guy made good, NFL player from our hometown. And uh, and guys, uh, the Bears, well, they just they just keep on surprising you. I don't know what to say. Good morning. How are you? Afternoon. 
Outstanding, guys. The the way that that yesterday played out, where at least several picks got made, and you know we obviously knew they weren't going to be on the clock in the first round. Some chances that maybe some noteworthy bears would have come off the roster and been traded for a first round pick, but we knew that was very unlikely for Thursday night. Finally, got some action yesterday. We're still awaiting a little bit of action today. It's eventually going to happen. They're eventually going to make a fifth round pick, but we do know. The initial three members, the newest members of the Chicago Bears that were selected yesterday. Now, at this point, they just keep acquiring more and more draft capital because they need bodies like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely do. They need depth. And, and we've talked about a lot with this roster. You could almost throw a dart and hit, hit a need, right? You could hit a need anywhere. We watched this secondary get beat a lot last year, especially uh, the cornerback opposite Jalen Johnson. We've seen them not touch players down. We heard George McCaskey point that out in his end-of-the-year press conference. That was one of the things that really bothered him, that from the first to the last game, uh, the secondary didn't touch guys down. So we knew uh, that was an area of improvement. Um, I just shocked that, you know, an O-line guy, a guy who talked about an O-line a lot. Uh, in Chicago, if you uh, turn on any radio station, any podcast, you hear people talking about how bad the offensive line is, uh, that they didn't go in that direction, that they went after defense, twice and and two players that a lot of people are are excited about and and when you study them and look at them and talk to people uh, they have the football character that you hear Ryan Pose and coach Flues uh, talking about a lot but I just thought Big Ant and Molly that it was interesting that we heard so much about the from this new regime and how this everything starts in the trenches uh, that they went seven on seven on us right they went seven on seven and went with a, a dynamic uh, athlete with the ball in his hands, a dangerous guy, another guy you know they need. They need guys who scare people on their team. But I just thought two offensive linemen, Big Ant, I thought I was going to see an offensive lineman with their first three picks, to be honest. Well, we have an offensive lineman. The Bears mm. have jumped in, and we should let you know, just yes. to set this up, they had uh, the 148th pick, the 150th, and the 186th. That's how they came into the day. They immediately made a trade. They gave away a sixth round from next year to uh, San Diego for a couple of late picks, two late seventh round picks. They have traded down twice already here in the fifth round, and now they just jumped in, and they have taken that uh, offensive tackle everyone was waiting for. Braxton Jones, mm. offensive tackle from, uh, from Southern Utah, Mm. Olin, break him down. Tell us everything you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching a video of Braxton Jones last night, actually. No, uh, I wasn't. I'm going to have to look this guy up a little bit, Big Ant, to be honest. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, when you cover the draft, it reminds me of when I did uh, Fisheries 101 in college. It was a lot more than I bargained for, to be honest with you. So uh, all the science, all the data, uh, look, they like Big Ant said, coming in, man, they need bodies. They need guys out there to compete. Uh, you don't know. When you get to this point, uh, Big Ant and Mully, uh, these are developmental pieces, right? These are guys you're looking two, three years down the line to help your team out. Um, look, when I came in uh, in 1998, I was the 64th pick of the draft. I needed a year. I had to learn behind Casey Wigman. I had to learn how to be a pro. Uh, I had to learn how to take care of my body. So uh, as far as guys helping right now, uh, Big Ant, I think we're looking at the Bears start, unless there's a trade or they go free agency in the second or third wave, uh, you, you're basically looking at their starting offensive line on the field. And it, here's how I 
think it's it's likely to work out depth wise. I feel like the Bears drafted three starters yesterday. That's why I was a little bit apprehensive, guys, just in hearing Ryan Poles talk about the the desire to trade down because in, in theory it, it makes a lot of sense just kind of intellectually because you need bodies to trade down makes all the sense in the world because they came in with very limited draft capital and a roster that needs maybe what maybe another 30 guys on or something like that Mm. they needed coming into the weekend yesterday though they had the opportunity to draft starters in the second and third round obviously we focus so much on thursday night and you know expect the gold jackets to come from that area of the draft but second and third round you're still looking at guys who who should have an opportunity even on quality teams to come in and compete for perhaps immediately have a starting job depending on just where your roster sits. So that I was a little bit worried if they were going to start trading down out of multiple round two picks and the third round pick. They didn't do that, and I do believe they got three starters yesterday. Now we have seen them accumulate more and more draft picks, and in the time that we're on the air between now and 5.30, the Bears have turned themselves into a squad that's going to be one of the most active teams in the NFL draft here with everything they've added into the fray. And, you know, it's going to be guys who certainly have an opportunity to make the squad. You know, you, you don't hope to get starters at this point in the draft, and they'll, they'll make some other veteran acquisitions coming up. But it's definitely going to be some guys who should be out here competing to be contributors. Well, the way this is going, the Bears are going to own the seventh round, I think. I mean, good God, they, they did indeed trade again in the fifth round, that 166 pick. They stayed – in their spot at 168, and that's where they've taken the uh, the Utah tackle. They have also uh, accumulated um, another fifth rounder, so they'll pick again at 174. So they they picked at 168, they pick at 174, then they they have three picks in the sixth round, 186, 203, 207, and they'll have three picks in the second round. 226, 254, 255. So that is what? Three, six, and uh, they've taken one and another one. So they've gone from having six picks in the entire draft to now having six in the last two rounds of the draft, and two more uh, makes it eight with the three. That's 11 picks they'll come out of. And, and, And guys, I think we just need to address this for a quarter of a second. You know, because of COVID, there was an extra year given to a lot of players. So as a result, this draft class is probably a deeper draft class than a normal draft class because there are guys that stayed in school for an extra year. We know, um, you know, for instance, uh, uh, Velas Jones is 24 years old, I believe. And Olin, you mentioned you were – I believe the youngest player in the league when you came in mm-hmm. uh, after your junior year at, at Washington. So the the idea being, you know, they, they're probably going to be a destination place for undrafted free agents because there are roster spots that need to be filled. But by collecting these picks, they get those priority free agents already, let's say, and they uh, they can choose some of the positions that they may – not be able to get with some of those guys in in uh, in the undrafted market. It's so true too, and, and such an interesting thing they're going through. Something that's never happened before, right? Older players come in, kind of like uh, they're all at BYU on a mission somewhere, right? These older type <laughs> football players who have one more year yeah. to develop. Like you talked about Valus Jones, and he talked about uh, how important that was for him to get that extra year in to get his game. Uh, organized and ready for the NFL. And I think uh, Ryan Pose mentioned that 
this free agent class is so big and now big and you don't have to go and because you you accumulate more picks you don't have to go fight other teams for these guys that maybe you want in your camp because like you guys know some of these guys will get a bigger signing bonus than guys that actually go in a sixth and seventh round because there's competition for them but the pool of players uh, this year is just so much bigger uh, than anybody's really ever seen before and now we're going to see it I don't know I think they gave three like uh, Big Ant, you covering the Big Ten, you know. I think they gave the three classes one more year, right? Right, exactly. And there's, there's a lot of players who have the opportunity at that additional COVID season. And, you know, like by comparison, just so people understand, a team like the Baltimore Ravens, they're in a position where they can they can strictly draft just best player available. And their roster is set up because just historically, the Ravens have constantly drafted so well mm-hmm. that – they can go off of best player available and, and, and do it in almost a strict fashion and have sort of luxury picks. Even in the early rounds, they can take guys who don't have to be immediate contributors because of the continual success we've seen in Green Bay. They can do that to a certain extent where they're not drafting off of need. The, the balance a lot of other GMs and like Ryan Poles, the position he's in in this draft, is that, yes, you would like to take the best player available, but there are so many holes on your roster that you factor that in and say, okay, at a variety of positions, we take someone, they'll have the opportunity to come in and contribute without having a bunch of proven veterans perhaps in front of them. Well, at the same time, there are going to be spots where you have to make sure you hit, where you're going to have someone who's going to come in and you need them to play even if they're not quite ready for it yet. So the roster for the Bears isn't in as developmental a position right now as some of the others around the National Football League, and that's part of why we're seeing them accumulate this extra draft capital because of the, the volume of players who they need. And it's a, it's a key draft for them looking towards this regular season to make sure that they're, they're going to have guys who are prepared to contribute. And Yeah, like you mentioned, they've finally taken an offensive lineman, and certainly, as we know, they need depth all across mm. the offensive front. Yeah, and they need they need difference makers, right? And when you look at this roster, um, it's almost like the guys who are already on the roster now become more important than their draft picks because these guys are later. What I'm talking about is uh, guys like Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair and Borum and Tevin Jenkins developing into, you would say, blue chip type NFL players, right? Guys who are either pro bowlers or on the cusp or all pro, uh, Cole Komet. Mooney, they don't have a number one wide receiver with Valus Jones coming in. There's not a guy who scares you. We see in the NFL, guys, I mean, people are paying and trading anything to get a number one wide receiver. Not just a receiver. Everybody wants a number one guy, a guy who needs to be double teamed, who uh, you got to put a safety over the top of, and it helps you out in everything. Your run game, they can't blitz you as much. So it's just become interesting to look at this Bears roster and say, okay, now that we've moved back and we're collecting bodies, where do our blue chip players come from? Where do our Pro Bowl type players come from? I know they took two guys that they're high on, uh, Kyler Gordon out of, I won't say the University of Washington, but out of UW, you know, say who, say dogs. I'll do the, all the chant for you guys later. But uh, uh, And Jaquan Brisker, who I don't know how you can't like him when you study him, right? His football character, the things he says, uh, his life story. And then you watch his film, you know, this guy's a pretty good football player. But... Uh, um, they when when you say okay why isn't Coach Nagy and Ryan Pace here anymore? And the quick answer is is because they couldn't score points. Well, okay now um, I don't know how these two guys helped me score points. Is it, my only uh, worry about this even with a team that has so many needs and so little depth everywhere on both sides of the ball. 
and we're going to bring in Mark Grody in a second. I, I think, though, um, when you say that, Olin, I, I – I felt coming out of last year's draft they were short a corner, and I didn't understand what they were doing at the corner position. So I suppose mm-hmm. it doesn't shock me. They signed a defensive-minded coach. They get a corner. I thought this draft was supposed to be about somehow supporting the quarterback. Either mm-hmm. you're going to block for the quarterback or you're going to give him weaponry. So it was a little surprising that they went with the secondary in the first two picks. But perhaps I, I didn't uh, – didn't think closely enough about what they needed last year and how bad the secondary was. And, and a final point on that, no one's going to look at their draft in three years and say, why didn't they address the offensive line three years ago? They're going to say, can, can Kyler Gordon play? Can Brister play? That, mm-hmm. that is, if these guys can play, no mm-hmm. one's going to care what they didn't mm-hmm. hit on. It's just unfortunate, though. that they they talked the big game and they didn't do it let's get out to Hallis Hall we've got Mark Rohde he's gonna he's gonna bring us up to date yeah guys this has been a very interesting day out here at Hallis Hall a day that started with three picks it is now multiplied to eight picks on the day for the Bears they just made a pick as you guys have been discussing in the fifth round 168 overall offensive tackle Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah 6'5 310 first team all big sky I always like Mm -hmm. to see what the the pro personnel guys from other teams say there's a pro personnel director from an AFC team that says I see a lot to work with so I don't really care about the rough edges and one of the one of the rough edges, I don't know if I've heard this critique. I think the critiques and the plaudits get more creative every year with these scouting reports, but says here, can't generate lower body anger as a drive blocker. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way to put things. I guess you got to have that anger and that edge, right, Olin, to be an offensive lineman. And so maybe he needs a little bit more churn, does Braxton, Braxton Jones. But I did think it was interesting and I think you guys might have been touching on it, too, that, you know, I was out here for the voluntary mini camps, and the, the guys that were getting the first crack at the tackle spots were Larry Borum at left tackle and Tevin Jenkins, last year's second-round pick, at right tackle. And now they have brought in Braxton Jones, who I don't know if he is starter-ready as a fifth-round pick, but he will come in here, and perhaps this informs the us about what Ryan Poles does or doesn't think about the tackle tackles that are on the roster right now, or perhaps it's a, a depth piece, but I, I think it's very interesting. And I also think it's interesting, too, what the, the key quote from Ryan Poles yesterday, guys, to me was, we can't fix everything in one day, but we can sure just keep chipping away, and maybe they plan to fix everything today because of the eight picks, and who knows if they'll multiply and add even more. Mm-hmm. You know, and the interesting thing, Grody, is when you look at, uh, like you're saying, adding this guy, I don't immediately see him um, challenging Borum or Tevin Jenkins for that job. The thing I do like, uh, I, I thought a lot about this offensive line. I thought to myself, okay, when you talk about offensive lines or really any position, you kind of want to mix and match guys. By that, I mean they have a lot of center types, right, guys? They have Cody White here who can play center. They have Sam Mustafer who can play center. They have Lucas Patrick who can play center. I like that you add kind of a bigger, longer guy in there. I know uh, uh, just watching a little bit of him here, 
a little raw with his hands, a little raw with his technique. Uh, but a guy that Coach Morgan, the new offensive line coach, must have liked what he saw on film. And Big Ant, in this system, uh, when you talk about lower body violence, you're talking about maybe a power scheme for the Ravens, right? You're talking about blowing guys off the ball. That's not what they're trying to do here. They're right. trying to move guys side to side. They're trying to get the defense run side to side. And they talk a lot about in the outside zone scheme. They, thought, they talk about hat speed. By that, I mean getting your hat across the defense line. Big Ant knows uh, you don't want to get reached. As a defensive lineman in the NFL, it's the quickest way uh, out of the league to get yourself reached every time, right? If, if an outside zone stays front side all the time, you got problems. So uh, they got this guy here, uh, want to develop him, but I do like that they get a bigger body kind of tackle guard type uh, in, in on their team. I think they might have just took another one too. And it's looking like way as the folks are saying the pick is in on the Bears here and just evaluating a little bit of film on Braxton Jones as we get ready to just uh, give you this latest Bears draft pick as well. But he, he can move, and that's the thing. We've heard that a lot just as Ryan Poles has been addressing what some of the desires are for the Bears, how they want this to play out, the, the body types that he's reshaping with Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum. And Borum's a guy who had already begun to reshape his body even before he arrived to Chicago last season. And so his – mentality, his temperament, his approach will certainly suit what this new regime is looking for. Just looking briefly at Braxton Jones so far, he's definitely a guy who his movement skills are beyond where you know, the, the tackles they took last season were at between Borum and Jenkins. Doesn't mean that you know, he's necessarily ready to play right now. I think we saw enough from each guy who you can say they, they're physically ready to compete at this level. We'll have to get a, a look at Jones before we know that for sure. But just from a movement perspective, he's a guy who, who can move better than last season's offensive line picks. The, the pick is in, guys. The Bears, it looks like this time they are going with – uh, let's see. Okay, yeah, uh, there Dominique it is. Okay, the, yep, Dominique Robinson at 174 overall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he is a linebacker out of Miami of Ohio, um, and with 174 overall, and we'll see the, what what he can add. A lot of times when you get to guys at this point, that is obviously depth at the linebacker position and perhaps special teams as well until until we hear and from Ryan Poles what he actually has in mind for somebody like that. But I think the last time the Bears drafted a, a linebacker in the fifth round, if I'm not mistaken, it was one Joel E.A. Booneyway, and he occasionally got a chance to actually play linebacker, but mostly he was a special teams guy. Well, we got Mac Pride, so congratulations to uh, to uh, Dominique uh, Robinson. We're going to talk about him. We'll talk about all the picks. They are on the clock pretty much now for the rest of the draft. I believe 186 is their next pick, and we will uh, be right back here on the SCORE Draft Show. Age is not um, nothing but a number. I feel like injuries affect no matter how old you are, and that's something, you know, I was fortunate. The biggest injury I ever had was a high ankle sprain. Never tore anything, broke anything, and so I have the body of, like, a 21-year-old. And so... Age is nothing but a number. You know, a lot of people try to make that a a big issue. But at the end of the day, I can play ball. I'm physical. I can run. I can make plays. All right, it is the draft show. We've got Anthony Heron. We've got Olin Krutz. And we just heard from Vellis Jones. He, the, uh, I mean, maybe he's 24, but he feels like he's 21. 
I, I feel like I'm 81, but that's a different story. <laughs> Olin, you look like a 21-year-old. No, listen, uh, uh, I'll tell I'll tell Bayless this. He is right at his age, but at some point, <laughs> age is not just a number anymore. That's and right. when you get injured in your <laughs> mid-30s like I have been, and you're still trying to play football, then, then at that age, it matters. But but not where he is. He is right uh, at 24. 20, you, you, he's basically, honestly... Uh, I don't know how you felt, Big Ant, but maybe hitting his prime at that age, 24, 25, 26, uh, you start to hit your prime, which is um, a big advantage when you go back to college for those when you're that age in those years. So uh, those are the questions I think. I don't think anybody thinks he's deteriorating physically at all. No, not <laughs> not at that age, getting older. No, you just wonder um, how it will translate because we've never seen it before. We talked about COVID. We've never seen these older guys, and I guess even though I was joking. Uh, you look to like the BYU type players, right? The guys who have come in older and how they fared. And I remember uh, just uh, what year was Kyle Long drafted? He was a little bit yep. older too because yep. he started yep. in baseball. And, 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 you know, you could see when he came in how physically developed he was already. It looked a little different. I was a 17-year-old a true freshman trying to play Big Ten football. Mm, and the, wow. the way – my body changed over the course of the next two or three years, it, it makes a huge difference. And then when you get towards the end of your time in college, that is definitely where you you mature physically. It's not at as rapid a rate when you're kind of getting towards the end of your time as a teenager, but those early 20s is when you, you really develop the the type of muscle density, the explosion, the raw horsepower that you're going to be able to sustain as you get into your mid to late 20s, as you approach 30. So Valus Jones being 24, he'll be 25 by the time the regular season is approaching here. It matters in the evaluation, but then also just when you're thinking about the, the detail of how the Bears would likely plan on using a playmaker like this. And, you know, at, at this point, not everyone, certainly here in the Midwest and folks who are listening to us right now, probably didn't watch a whole lot of Tennessee Volunteers football. He, Valus Jones compares to, to what we would think of. I, I, he's, not, he's not quite the, the athlete, the runner, the pure runner that Debo Samuel is, but he's in that mold. He had a lot of those elements of his game within Tennessee's offense. You also have the return specialist and end of it as well. So we've seen that in recent years from Cordero Patterson, the way the Bears utilized him. And what that does, it doesn't only give you that guy who can be an immediate starter on special teams, but with the way they can utilize him in the offense, think about all the easy completions within the San Francisco 49ers offense that were there because of the way they use Debo Samuels. And so that, that'll allow Luke Getzey to just set up some some easy reads, some easy completion to Justin Fields and take, you know, the discussion. You, you and I have had that discussion so frequently in the last few years, though, just trying to find ways to take pressure off the quarterback, take pressure off of the offensive line. Having a guy like Bayless Jones who can have simplified roles, a returner, you can do that from jump as a rookie. To be somewhat of a gadget guy, an extension of the run game, you don't have to run the full scope of the route tree very well just to be that right off the bat. So there, there's a simplicity to the role they can put him in that actually it, it can be an advantage. The, the fact that he's older, that you're not projecting him to be your ace number one receiver seven years from now, it's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a guy who can come in right away, at least my, my anticipation of how they evaluate what he's going to add. He's a guy who can come in right away and contribute in some very condensed roles on special teams and on offense. It's a it's yeah. a great point, and and mm-hmm. I talked to someone yesterday who used the Debo Samuel uh, comparison too. This guy apparently is a, a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker than you than you think about when you're talking about a return guy, and I I do have to wonder though, 
does that raise a question as to whether Luke Getze is going to do a significantly better better job than the Bears did in terms of getting uh, Cordero Patterson into space, figuring mm-hmm. out ways to use him. Obviously, he took off once he went to Atlanta. Um, I, I wonder about the way they used Tariq Cohen at different times. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. It seemed, you know, especially maybe with Patterson, where you had this weapon – but you didn't quite know what to do with it. And hopefully Luke Getze, different offense, will have a better idea of what to do with him. Yeah, and it's a great point, Molly, because as we don't know what to expect from these draft picks, uh, that's the very interesting thing about the Chicago Bears this year is we don't know what to expect from their coaching staff. Right? We've never yeah. seen Luke Getze call plays in the NFL. Uh, we've never seen Coach Flues as a head coach. So as far as the offense goes, and you bring up Tariq Cohen, and I think to myself, uh, that was the kind of last kind of guy we saw that kind of scared defenses with the ball in his hands. I think about when he went 70 yards against the Jets on a screen pass. I thought about when they used to line Tariq Cohen up at wide receiver and he'd run the route tree. Uh, We all thought he was going to be something special, and obviously uh, injuries eventually caught up to him. And it it was kind of sad to see him not play because – he was so dynamic in an offense that needs dynamic football players. They need guys on the field that scare the defense, and they just don't have that. And that's why I think you see a guy like Valus Jones is so interesting to them. Obviously, his return ability, but I think someone gave a stat last night, guys, that he averaged eight yards a carry after every catch last year, which is pretty damn impressive, right, for a guy to get the ball. I mean, for a guy who's been watching this Bears offense for the last three or four years, to think about a guy who's dangerous, the ball in his hands, uh, that gets me excited too, right? And, and of course, it starts with Luke Getze and how is he going to use him? How do we get him the ball? How do we get him different matchups? Uh, how do we put him in the puzzle with Darnell Mooney, with Montgomery, with Cole Komet? Where does he fit in and how do we use him best against defenses, get the ball in somebody's hands uh, who's actually dangerous, who can actually put points on the board because uh, that's all we asked for all year last year. Where where they're going to find their points to get to 20 points, right? What is the over-under right now in Vegas on what the Bears will score this year? I got them at 20. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, 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 don't do that, Big Ann. Not this early. <laughs> don't do that to me this early. <laughs> Some further notice. I'm taking that. <laughs> oh, man, that hurts, I tell you, man. It, it, it is, though. You know, and I, I suppose that's why when you look at as you said, Olin, why aren't these guys here? Well, you had an offensive-minded coordinator that couldn't score points. You had a guy that spent seven years building up a team that never never seemed – I mean, look at their offensive line right now. Do we know, other than um, Cody Whitehair, who's starting on the offensive line? We know Whitehair <laughs> will start, and we know he'll be at the left guard position. But, I I mean, if, if – I, I, I think – Lucas Patrick's going to be the center, but is he? Could he end up being a guard? And, you know, we just don't know. If if Sam Mustafer ends up needing to start as he did during the, the minicamp, wouldn't he be better off at center if he's going to start than he would be at a at a right guard? That just doesn't make sense to me. And, I, you know, that's the problem. They, they, they took some shots to bring in players, whether it was Allen, whether it was Bates. And they didn't get anyone. And had they, I think we might have still thought, boy, they need some help on the offensive line. And now I don't. I have no idea. You know, we asked the question, 
what scares you? Are you scared at the idea of Larry Borum at, at left tackle? Well, are you scared at the idea of, of the other guy at right tackle? I, <laughs> I don't know which is scarier. And I actually think, Molly, that – you know where where it, it got understandable attention for for Borm to get the the first crack at left tackle Jenkins to get the first crack at right tackle they they do because it's a new staff they get that additional mini camp this off season so they're going to have extra time to work with the guys on the field i doubt they know yet where they really feel like they're, they're going to want these guys to play when they get to the regular season. You know, if you get through an additional minicamp and, it, and it's still Borm at left Jenkins at right, then that's, that's an additional data point to, to kind of assume that that's where they're planning on leaving things. But it wouldn't shock me one bit, oh, if you get to the next minicamp and they say, all right, we, we just wanted several days in a row of continuity. We took our initial look, Borm left, Jenkins right. If they say, all right, here, here's the next opportunity. You know, we've been doing a few meetings and OTAs. We know you guys know mentally you've kind of learned both roles anyway. Let's swap it and, and see what that looks like. Maybe it'll be Jenkins at left, Borm at right, and just start cross-training the guys a little bit just to get a look at that. But I'm, I'm not assuming yet just based off the first mini camp where everybody saw Borm on the left side, and that's where he spent the bulk of his rookie year as a fifth-round pick who came in and started when healthy the majority of the season and, frankly, most of us thought did pretty well. Like That was one guy when the Bears immediately highlighted him after they just had that rash of injuries at tackle and they started singing the praise of Larry Borm. We all thought they might have been overselling a little bit. Frankly, for a fifth-round pick, he was very impressive last year and so he may end up being the left tackle but I'm, I'm not assuming they won't at least try it the other way yet when they get some more practice time no but but like you're saying I think they made the right choice based off the film last year where they started them at mm-hmm. right and, and like you're saying Larry Borum uh, just had a knack for blocking people a lot of times yeah. it didn't look great uh, but he's got great feet he's like a dancing bear out there he moves very well uh, what he'll end up being I don't know and I think the question becomes uh, well, that that could go across the offensive line, like Molly's saying about what is Lucas Patrick's best position? Uh, what does Tevin Jenkins end up being at right tackle? Although, although a lot of guys who study offensive line play were very excited about him coming out of college at right tackle. It was just kind of all of a sudden the Bears drafted him and said, well, he's going to be our left tackle. Uh, kind of took a lot of people off guard a little bit. But um, I think they go to this minicamp. And I think a question I would like to ask Ryan Pose is after minicamp, did you think you're, you were you pleasantly surprised with your offensive line and you thought secondary was a little more important than them? Did they think because you've heard him say that uh, he thinks this scheme will really help the players who are on his offense? I think he said that talking about Justin Fields at the combine, if I'm not mistaken, because when he first got hired, he talked about how improving the offensive line was almost a number one focal point for him. Now, he did say in his to his defense is that he did say we will not reach for players and we don't have a lot of money and we don't have a lot of draft capital. And you might be seeing some of that, but I'm wondering, guys, did they go to minicamp and say, look, kind of like what I see from our offensive line here. I don't, I, did, I didn't think we had these kind of guys here for this scheme where Coach Morgan and Luke Getzey's scheme. I'm kind of liking it. Uh, maybe we move some other positions up the board and they didn't like what they saw opposite Jalen Johnson and, and, and next to um, Eddie Jackson, they want to improve that area. So uh, those are some questions I had after the first round of the draft last year. But as far as this offense and this offensive line money, like you said, uh, does it scare you? Well, for a guy who's played offensive line and watched it a long time here, hell yes. <laughs> hell yes, it scares me uh, going into the season. And look, 
Uh, anybody who can say like they know what's going to happen right now with this office and offensive line, uh, they are lying to you. Uh, they have confidence in all of this. Uh, more credit to them because I have no idea what's going to happen when they line up uh, uh, in, in, in for that first game or even that first preseason game come next year. And if you watch the draft – it seems like the division is getting ready to load up against that offensive line. Doesn't I mean, it? that yeah. has to give you a little bit of pause when you think, well, maybe our line is slightly compromised, but it's going to wear. Who did they take? Wait a minute. They added that guy too. It, it just seems like you're looking for trouble in a way if you don't uh, help. I, I mean, they they went out with the idea of helping the the uh, the interior of the line, and I don't believe they've done that yet. But who knows? Maybe they're moving guys inside. Maybe, yeah, maybe they've got answers that we hadn't thought about. Maybe they got a chunk of money and a couple of free agents on, on fishing boats that they're going to coax back. <laughs> Hard to say. Seen All that right. before. We, we've got to get to a, uh, a timeout, but we will be right back, and the Bears will be taking another player. So we'll be updating all of this as we move forward here. And we will take a look at the division, uh, obviously, before we get out of here. But uh, it's a delight to have a draft show and to chew on it. We'll be right back. See 4 abccom for details. We're back with the Scores 2022 NFL Draft Special, starring Mully, Olin Krutz, Anthony Heron, and Mark Grody on Chicago's home for Bears fans. Sports Radio 670, The Score, in Odyssey Station. We actually watched tape together last uh, this past weekend. And he was on Jones was on into on the list. So we we watch players and I want to be able to communicate with, with my quarterback so he understands from me, you know, kind of the direction we're going and what we're looking at. And he should be why you know he's the trigger man. Like he's got the ball in his hand, he should be a part of that. Okay, we're back on the draft show with uh, Olin Krutz, with Anthony Heron, and obviously we just heard from Ryan Poles, the general manager, talked about watching tape. With, uh, with Justin Fields, and Justin Fields uh, didn't really get the kind of support maybe we anticipated that he would get. Uh, obviously, the third pick is a, uh, is a wide receiver from Tennessee. We talked about a guy who transferred from, where was he, USC, I believe. Uh, and then Braxton Jones, uh, later in the fifth round, they pick up uh, an offensive tackle. We kind of thought that this draft might be more about the protection and the weaponry for the quarterback because the idea being, you know, not only do you need to score a point, but he's almost going through kind of a a rookie year redo, if you will, because it's a new scheme. I believe he's now – I mean, I know it's only his second scheme in the NFL, but it is uh, his third play caller, if that matters. Um, Did they do enough? Will they do enough? Why isn't – that player a bigger priority with this particular team right now. Uh, and, and like you're saying, right, it's different verbiage, which is always different for anybody coming into and just getting to learn the offensive corner and the offstreet. It has to take time to, to learn about Justin Fields and what he's good at and what he's not good at in this scheme. And to be honest, that's going to take longer than camp, right? Because just not a lot of padded practices anymore. There's not a lot of live sessions out there in camp anymore. So uh, this relationship is going to take some time to build. Um, I do like that they give him a little more responsibility in that building, Big Ant. I do like when you make a guy, give him a leadership role and make him feel like, look, uh, this is your organization. This is your team. We're going to make you a part of everything here 
Uh, you're extremely important to us. I think that relationship between the quarterback and the franchise is one that Ryan Poles, especially with a franchise that's never really had um, a quarterback who's taken over the identity of the team and led the whole team. Uh, obviously, Jay Cutler did it for a couple of years, but for a long period of time, having what they call that franchise guy. I like the fact that a young general manager uh, sees the importance in that and is trying to develop and nurture that relationship. As far as your question, Mully, uh, what have they done for him in this draft? Nothing. Uh, they haven't done anything for him. Uh, what did they do for him in free agency? Nothing. And I just keep going back to the fact of, look, man, um, they're going to have to develop the players they already have on that roster or Big Ant. They've been more impressed with some of them than we think. Right, and the, the development end of it is definitely something that they – I love the fact that that's been such a big word for both Poles and Eberflus almost every time they address the media. They talk about the development of the young talent on this roster, and that's been something that's, that just lacked so much in the previous regime. But the best teams, the sustainable teams around the NFL, don't only go out with some great free agent acquisition. Yeah, we've seen them – you know, seen it happen with the last two Super Bowl champions at quarterback – but overall, the roster is developed from the bottom up, and you see that there's over two-thirds of the league that are guys who were drafted after the third round. So there's a whole lot of bodies here that, that the Bears are accumulating and they will continue to accumulate that are going to end up needing to play a role for them, and the teams that do that best tends to be the ones that sustain success. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to Mark Grody. He's got some uh, interesting factoids about the two new Bears. Molly, we just got done talking to a couple of area scouts with the Bears, including David Williams, and he talked about the Bears' drafting of offensive tackle Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah. He played left tackle last year. Both Braxton Braxton Jones and David Williams made a point of saying, though, that he can play right tackle as well. I thought it was interesting, too, that this was definitely a guy that the Bears were very interested in throughout because they talked to him at the Combine, they talked to him at the Senior Bowl, and to Braxton Jones' surprise, they held a private workout for him. So they were definitely targeting him. I asked the scout, can he? does he have the skill set to be a day one starter? And he said yes. A couple of other notes, too, on the edge rusher the Bears took out of, of, of Miami of Ohio. That's Dominique Robinson. This is a really interesting prospect. He is he is an athlete first. He is a raw prospect. He was a wide receiver, converted to pass rusher in college, mostly situationally at Miami of Ohio. So there are definitely some areas that that he has to improve in. The the scout Brennan Rehart telling us that he he showed that he belonged at the senior bowl, but this is like a classic, you know, one of these guys that he is so athletic and so enticing that they just couldn't pass him up. Whether or not they can mold him into a player and a contributor, that has yet to be seen. Great, Mark. Thank you. That is very Got it, nice. guys. Yep. I think I think I might feel better if he was a wide receiver. Is that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 interesting. Interesting to hear uh, that. You know, obviously, what else is a scout going to say when he's asked the question? He's not going to say the kid cannot play, right? So, uh, but I, I mean, I I'll disagree with him off the bat. But that doesn't mean that he won't develop. And you pointed out, Big Ant. Uh, his movement skills from what we've heard 
from Ryan Poles and Coach Morgan about what they look for in offensive linemen. You point out that he, his movement skills and his feet, he moves really well. And that's a big part of what they value, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And so we'll see whether or not this system that they're talking about. Now, we, we had similar anticipations when the previous regime came in for, for what that system could do to maybe try and, and take a little pressure off the offensive line. The play calling didn't end up uh, indicating that or, or doing what we expected it would. But, but overall, to, to the field's end of the discussion, I, I love the fact that publicly – that they're saying the right things. They're putting him in front of the media as the face of the franchise like you should do with a quarterback who's obviously in that position. And the fact that Ryan Poles has involved Justin Fields in the process, breaking down some film, building that rapport with him, while at the same time they haven't made him any, any promises yet. They've been very kind of patient, methodical, upfront about how they're going about things. And so it's, you know, it, it doesn't win him a game at the moment, but I, I like a lot of aspects of how the Bears are trying to go about things both tangibly and just as far as just building a rapport and a relationship with the players who are already here. When we talk about the number of players they need just to go to camp, right? So they only, they're in the 60s with the number of players signed. Obviously, they've added five more, and they will add uh, uh, some more, at least five or six more before they get out of here. But – but, you know, you need bodies in camp. You need, you need guys. I just wonder, are, if you come out of this draft and you don't fill all your needs, are you then looking to see if somebody is, is launched somewhere else, if there's any movement anywhere else? Or are you, you know, really satisfied that you got a guy like Braxton Jones that you identified and you want to plug him in? How, how do you – We'll talk about that when we come back. But how do you go about roster building when you when you kind of hit that point? We are uh, we're the draft show. We've got uh, Olin Krutz and Anthony Heron, and we're breaking it down for you here on the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.